justice for the American West. I was fortunate to have a college professor for the Civil War and the American West who knew his subject matter and graphically told the story that an antithetical history existed side by side with other history, but radically different in its morality and cruelty. I'm talking about the massive influx of European settlers expanding west across the continent. In this wave of migration were the descendants of those who crossed the open tundra created with the arrival of the Ice Age. The customs, culture, and structure of the Native American tribes were slowly confronted, challenged, and eviscerated. Those who remained were herded into confined reservations and left with the ashes of their civilization. In the same timeline, a great nation arose from grit, sweat, and ability to risk everything for a better life. Buttressing the guarantee of individual rights was the Bill of Rights. Government was established within a framework of freedom. That freedom extended to the economic system. Capitalism, albeit not perfect, provided the highest standard of living and variety of goods to the greatest amount of people in the history of the world. This is not a platitude or propaganda, it's fact. That professor emphasized the struggles of the Old West, the young cowboys existing in that world long with outlaws and gunslingers. The Army battalions implemented the ever-changing policies promulgated by the U.S. government. Each tribe or band shall have the right to possess, occupy, and use the reserve allotted to it, as long as grass shall grow and water run and the reserves shall be their property, like their horses and cattle. Article 5 of the Treaty with the Comanches and Other Tribes and Bands, 12th August, 1861. A deceitful mantra. But what happened in the West occurred in far-removed generations, their time, not ours. Feeling guilty to the sins of others makes no sense now. I grew up with TV westerns and movie westerns. Native Americans were Indians. They were hostile. I wonder why. Native American tribes were all different, and the conditions in the Old West were sometimes dirty and dingy with frontier justice in some cases. Gunslingers had heavy guns, not the nicely dressed, quick-drawing boys on TV. Truth and right and wrong and justice were indeed the hallmarks of the West. A man was a man who displayed courage and did not turn yellow. A man's word was worth something. To live in the West meant being self-reliant and rugged individualist. There were premier shows such as Bonanza and Gunsmoke, and there was always a problem to be overcome. These shows had the element of justice as well as touting right and wrong. The tendency is to watch all the shooting and think it was just about killing people. First, it was a TV show with drama and action. The Second World War had just ended, and the unreal shootouts on TV were mild compared to the real carnage of that war. In Maverick, the clever Brett Maverick showboated his fast-talking and his card skills. Johnny Yuma, the lone rebel, had a grudge. Paladin was for hire. The Lone Ranger was the only surviving member of six ambushed Texas Rangers. The Lone Ranger had his trusted Indian companion Tonto. He had a code he lived by. In today's haphazard, subjective landscape, the range's code to some seems quaint. I believe that to have a friend, a man must be one. That all men are created equal, and that everyone has within himself the power to make this a better world. 
that God put the firewood there, but that every man must gather and light it himself. And being prepared physically, mentally, and morally to fight when necessary for what is right, that a man should make the most of what equipment he has. If this government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall live always, that men should live by the rule of what is best for the greatest number, that sooner or later, somewhere, somehow, we must settle with the world and make payment for what we have taken, that all things change but truth, and that truth alone lives on forever my creator, my country, and my fellow man. I asked Clayton Moore to say a few words to my cousin David in Massachusetts, and he did. I said the West was antithetical. I've set the table here with a multifaceted assortment of Western ideals and traits. My book is called When You're Dead, You're Dead. The Nexus series features Mr. Melbourne, who hails from the Nexus house. Melbourne has the ability to bring justice to those who realize it may not exist in today's world. And so we begin with a notorious drug-dealing killer who gets off on a conviction on the usual technicality. Melbourne offers the Assistant District Attorney Jake McBride a chance to make things right. Jake at first thinks he's losing his mind, but when he finally accepts the agreement, he steps into the past where he is marshal in Nevada territory and thus the story unwinds when the players from the present thrust into the quest for justice in the past. I had some fun creating the images of the Old West, close to what I was thinking in When You're Dead, You're Dead. Jake leaves Melbourne behind and sees the past down the long corridor. Unlike the Oxbow incident, Jake stops the hanging of an innocent man pushed by Rhody Turner. But who killed Dunbar? And Jake train and Doc Talmadge wonder where the derailed train's passengers have gone. A facsimile picture of the Coltrane dining room and a woman who could be Pam Grayson. Judge Mackenzie and Rheingold arrive at the Coltrane, and Soaring Bird, the Shoshone, is sometimes confined at the Federal Reservation. A Native American around the campfire would tell Jake stories of the Shoshone. Jake and Soaring Bird head through Saroyo Canyon, following up on a lead about Jose Estrada having stolen the silver. They are trailed by a killer in a severe thunderstorm. Postscript, more TV westerns. RPF.